And I know it sounds too good to be true. You think, I've heard that voice before, but like a distant memory can't place where. But my friends, it is true. It is the return of Deadbeat Radio right here on Outlander Media Network. We are so happy to be back. As always, I'm your host, Lance Adams, and I have a very interesting guest with us today. I have one of the nation's number one Jason cosplayers, Mr. Cody Huskins. Cody, thank you so much for being with us, man. I'm glad um, to be here. Thanks for having me. No, man, I was really excited to get you in here because I love the whole idea of cosplay. Um, we met at our recent event, Rush Wrestling, where you came out and uh, participated in Friday the 13th. Um, and I, I just, I loved what you do. Um, and I love that any time anybody can um, turn their hobbies and art into um, some form of, form of success, I am always willing to celebrate that. And so I'm real happy to have you here, man. I want to talk all kinds of things, a, a lot of uh, uh, Friday the 13th, obviously, but let's get to know you on a little bit before before we find out the man in the mask, Let's or, or the mask, let's meet the man behind the mask, as uh, we'll get to say later. Um, where are you from, man? Are you from around here in East Tennessee? Yeah, I'm from a um, uh, little town called Owen, Tennessee, and that's on like the North Carolina border. And um, I'm like um, two hours away from Knoxville, so yeah, it's a little, a little hole uh, in the earth. In so. the Tri Tri Cities area, right? Excuse me. Yeah, the Tri Cities. <coughs> Johnson City, Kingsport, Bristol, it's in that area. Nice, nice. And um, obviously, horror movies are a big part of your life. You go into being Jason Cosplay, but. What else, uh, as, a, as, a, as a child, what else were you into? Did you get into horror movies as a child, or was that something you found later? What's what's little, I can't imagine little, for the people listening, uh, Cody is a absolute monster built like a pro wrestler. So uh, uh, little Cody Huskins is a, uh, a very humorous term to even imagine. But uh, where did you, you know, where, where do you place yourself in, in uh, childhood? Well, <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, which, you know, horror movies like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween was a big part of my life, but action films was a huge part of my life, too. And, you know, Schwarzenegger, you know, Predator, Stallone, you know, Cobra. How, how old are you, Cody? I think we're probably about the same age then. How, how old are you? Yeah, I was born in 82, so okay. I remember the 80s pretty well. I'm 76, <laughs> and I, I grew up on that, that same... Uh, the, the cheesy action movie that I love. Uh, you get Schwarzenegger, Stallone, the Van, uh, not the Van Damme stuff myself, but that, that air genre of movies. Well, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a black belt and um, karate. Really? So, uh, yes, and that and Van, Van Damme was like a like cyborg man. Cyborg's one of my favorite movies. I don't know if you've ever seen it with Van Damme, the futuristic where he fights some... Um, I'm familiar with it, but I've never seen it. I, I was never, I'm not a huge fan of martial arts movies. I like some of the cheesy Americanized stuff, like Best of the Best and American Ninja oh, and yeah, that I kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I love those kind of things, but I never got into the, and Van Damme is that real martial arts. I never got much into that. Uh, even like Bruce Lee stuff never did much for me. Uh, so no, I never I never could get into the Van Damme stuff as well as I could the 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 gun side of the action movie versus the martial arts side of the action movie. Well, um, see, my dad was a black belt. He caught me. He gave me my black belt. Bruce Lee influenced him. Nice. So my influence in the 80s and, you know, was Van Damme. And back in the day, I used to be able to kick like him and do the splits and all 
Jesus, my God. So, yeah, did you get I into... Can't, I, can't, I can't miss a split, but I can still <laughs> kick pretty good. <laughs> so, I you took up martial arts as a kid? You've, you've been doing martial arts since you were a kid? Yeah, but I got out of it in the early 2000s. I just, you know, my heart wasn't in it anymore. And I started more of a, the, the weight training. Well, and, I... Uh, I wanted to ask you about that too. Again, I, I met you in the suit. It's hard to tell how large you are, uh, you know, because the suit is very big and very padded. And then I saw some of your pics on Facebook after we became friends of you working out, and I was just amazed. Um, so bodybuilding—that's a—that's a big thing for you. Uh, long before, uh, again, the Jason cosplay stuff, the the the, yeah. the pure bodybuilding. Uh, Yes, I actually, well, one time I wanted to be a pro bodybuilder, like the the guys back in the day, like Dorian Yates. Right, and, uh, the pumping guy. Yeah, I wanted to do that, but it was just like, you know, it's, it's that's a very, very, you know, extreme discipline sport. Yeah, and, um, it really has to be. There's no way out. You can't half-ass that. No, not at all. And I still do it. I still, you know, eat and train like a bodybuilder and... Um, but um, you know, my, when I when I went to my first convention, you know, about three years ago, you know, I just I got hooked by the cosplay bug. So, <laughs> is is the muscle necessary for a Jason cosplay? I mean, I know I, most I, of the people I, that play I, I Jason really, are large, but is that required? I I think so because and, and, you know, at all the Jason cosplays, I think it's kind of what got me recognized the most is my you know size you know you see you see a lot of people that jason's you know that has a belly on them and they're just they might be big but they're not muscular big you know what i mean right 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 um uh, to me you uh, oddly enough we met at wrestling but to me you have that old school pro wrestler build which seems to match the kane hotters um uh, uh that which is what i think of when i think of jason because I, I guess kane is probably the most famous guy to, to play jason Right, yeah. Like you said, you told me at the wrestling match, you said Kane had the build of a wrestler, you know, so. I always thought so. He looks to me in that Kevin Nash, I don't know if you're a wrestling fan, but in that, that Kevin Nash kind of size person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and Diamond Dallas Page and them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got that kind of build, and you seem to follow that. Um, as far as horror movies go, when you were a kid um, and you were into the horror movie aspect of it, um, Jason, Friday Thirteenth, catch you right away because that's obviously what what your main I would say uh, not to say influence. I don't know what influenced you, but you, your main outlet now was that the big one right away. You knew this is my guy. This is the the shirts I'm going to wear when I'm a grungy teenager. This is the the Halloween costume I'm going to make my mom buy me a hundred times over as a child. Is that the one right away? Yeah, because um, you know when I was younger, I was you know really young and you know and when i was in school i was picked on and teased and made fun of and i was different i was into different things and you know i didn't say a whole lot i was real quiet introverted so therefore that got me you know made fun of picked on you a metal I, fan I felt, like, I, I felt like a little bit like an outcast like jason so therefore i, I, I could relate to this character you know what i mean mm -hmm. just uh, are you a heavy metal fan uh, yeah, oh yeah. Everything you described there was the typical metalhead. I could picture it, except the only thing missing was that last description of heavy metal. I, I pictured the, the acid-washed <laughs> denim jacket, the drawing Jason skulls in your notebook. Um, I pictured, I mean, it was right there. You just, it was, I, I knew this kid all too well. Yeah, 
I mean, I was my dad's a metalhead, and he raised me on an Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, oh, yes. and, and you know that's my blood right there. That's okay. like and Black Sabbath, Ronnie James Dio. Wow, and now I'm a big Dio fan. You got me right there. I, I love Sabbath, and I, I love Ozzy, but I actually really love the Dio years. I'm a huge Dio fan. Oh, so. I think two people neglect that. They always say Ozzy, Ozzy, but I'm like, well, you know, what about Dio? I, I mean, mean, he was. Like, there's good stuff even after Dio, even the Ian Gilliam record from Deep Purple. He's great. I mean, they 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 have good records, but I love Dio. Uh, Heaven and Hell. I mean, Jesus, if you want a Black Sabbath album to introduce somebody to, yeah, Master of Reality is great, and and Black Sabbath is great, but hand them Heaven and Hell. Anybody can sink their teeth into that. Oh God, I mean, you got on that album, you got Neon Night, mm. and you got Die Young, mm. and. Um... And evil lady, I think it's all. Oh, evil lady's there, and the the title track, Heaven and Hell. That that line, doom, 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 doom. Oh, I love it. I love it. Children of the Children of the Sea. I mean, that's like that to me. That's one of Black Sabbath's best albums of all time. I I completely agree. Why Why is it, man? Why do heavy metal and horror movies go hand in hand? You know, from the Rob Zombies to the Gene Simmons people that have crossed over and done both. Why, why is that? What's the connection? I think, you know, it speaks to the outcast. You know, it's like um, the people that, you know, they that don't fit in. You know, you're people that don't maybe follow the whole religion and they, you know, they want to be free. They want to be like they're, you know, and you know what I mean? Yeah, they just, I they do. Feel, and it, it seems... Away from authority, like authority through like. That's what know, I was about to say. It seems to be the most rebellious. What's the one rebellious. thing to make your grandmother just go, ugh? Exactly. And so, yeah, it, it seems to be. And it's the imagery. Heavy metal has. Uh, so much horror iconography on all album covers, and look at look at Eddie, perfect example. Eddie could be a poster for a heavy metal album or a Boris Karloff movie. Oh yeah, I mean you can't beat Eddie, and um, it's just like Dad. Dad's uh, Dad was one of the first people to hear Black Sabbath back in like 1969, 1970. I think nice. he was like a sophomore in high school. Nice. He, when he heard Paranoid on the album, he said, "That's my sound right there. That's it right there." Nice. Nice. It is fantastic. I caught on to it way late, but I love it. I, I, as a child, didn't get it. As an adult, I get into blues, and I had some friends who turned me on to it, and I was like, oh, this is just Howlin' Wolf with more distortion. I get it. Yeah. And him and his buddies, they always listen to Black Sabbath and um, Iron Butterfly and those bands nice, I get. And nice. uh, then he got into the 80s stuff, like Holly <coughs> Crew and um, Iron Maiden. And when nice. Iron Maiden was like the 70s and Judas Priest and him and his buddies uh, every weekend, they just gather up and just jam out, you know. Sound like my kind of guys, bro. I'll be honest. It sounds like we're cut from the same cloth. I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, as you go through the, the stages, again, being a, a, an outcast, um, that metal kid, the, you know, the loner, the the kind of stereotypical that that we we've all seen in every movie and teenage uh, uh, sitcom or or show. Um, what point do you find horror movies? Where do you, is, is that again? Dad seems like Dad's a big influence there. Does Dad set you down one Saturday evening and go, "Hey, you want to watch a scary movie with me?" Is it something you stumbled upon? You know, spending the night with your grandparents up too late. Where where do you find the love of horror? Where do you stumble into it for the first time? Well, um, with on Dad's behalf, his thing back when he 
he was a kid, and he introduced me to it was uh, the Hammer Films with oh, Boris yeah. Carr, not Boris Carr, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee, Lee and yeah. And, yeah, great those, stuff. Those, Peter Cushing, those, oh yeah. Those were his heroes, and he nice. had the model back in the day where you put the model, like, you know, oh, the yeah. model like the model of Creature of Black Lagoon. Yeah, uh, Rydell. Is it Rydell? Is that the company? I think so, yeah. yeah. Nice, That's nice. That's like in the 60s right there. Okay. And I heard, I heard Kane Hodder in an interview said he had the exact same thing. He did the models, you know. And, um, so did you love it instantly? You know, like I've tried to, I, I don't know if we, we have a talk about family, I don't know if you have kids or not, but like I've tried to introduce my children to a few things that I love. Some of it they were like cool, some of it they didn't pay any attention to, and some of it they really took to. Um, and so when it comes to m movies and music, I haven't really found that thing to just fall in love and bond with yet. When when Dad sat down and showed you the Hammer films, did you catch it right away? Were you standing in the corner watching when he didn't know and, and absorbing? Like, how did you take to it at that age? Well, you know, I watched those with him, but I'm I'm telling you though, uh, the Halloween <laughs> and the Five Thirteenth Nightmare on Elm Street, I discovered that really on my own. Okay. And I, he wasn't really a big fan of those films. Most, I mean, he loves Halloween. But, most generation uh, don't doesn't like the slasher film. The the Hammer but, film generation typically doesn't like the slasher blood and guts. But since I got since I'm getting older and I'm getting and him he's getting more into watching the Friday the Thirteenth and um, films like that. He's getting more into, just because I am, you know. Well, I think I may have told you this at, at Rush Wrestling. I grew up with it, and Halloween was my was the one I, I really loved. As a kid, I didn't really get into it, to be honest. I, I like, I prefer sillier B-horror movies. I'm a killer clowns from outer space guy, right? So I tend to prefer that cheesier, sillier kind of B-movie aspect. As a young adult in my 20s, um, I started getting more into the slasher films. I was kind of a wiener as a kid, and Halloween was the one that got me right away. I, the first time I saw it, that I really watched it, I was probably in my early twenties, which you know it's been out for twenty years at that point. But I, I loved it right away. But I think I told you this that night. I've never actually never seen a Friday the Thirteenth other than the first one, and Jason, spoiler alert, isn't even really in it. So I've never even seen an actual Jason movie myself. And I'm familiar. I, I know. I know the shticks. I we even talked about it. I know the bag. You know, you don't get the iconic mask till three. I'm a pop culture geek, so I, I've never seen Casablanca. I know play it against Sam. Uh, so Jason's kind of in that same ballpark for me. I'm very familiar, but have never sat and watched it myself. Wow, you need to sometimes. What's your favorite? What's the one that that you? If you're gonna go, hey, watch one. What's your favorite? Um. So Hodder doesn't come along till seven. Yep. I thought and, he had played way longer than that. I thought he was a mainstay. No, um, he played seven through um, Jason X. Was um, he played in four films as Jason? How? And, how is Jason X received amongst Friday the Thirteenth diehards? Um, it seems most stupid. People don't, most people don't like it, but you got some people that are. Cheesy and all that because he's in space, and you know, but you know, it's 
it's not like the, the others for sure. Right, but right. No, my fans, they don't, they, they appreciate it because it's a J, it's a Friday the 13th movie, but they're not crazy about it either. And so. you said Seven's your favorite, which is what again? Um, the New Blood. The New Blood. Is that the, is, is that the one where he's, he take, he shapeshifts as he goes? No. No, that's Jason Goes to Hell. That goes to hell. Okay, again, I'm familiar enough to hold the discussion on that specific topic, but um, the new blood. I know, is is that the one? That's not the one where Tommy's supposed to take over either, is it? No. Uh, um, I, uh, seven know, doesn't ring a bell at all. The new blood, I, I can't. Again, I'm familiar with Takes Manhattan. Obviously, the stick is Manhattan, even though he never, it hardly is in Manhattan. He's on the boat the whole time. Uh, <laughs> I know, uh, you know, uh, you've got uh, Goes to Hell, um, and a few other that are real specific. Seven doesn't stand out to me. What is it I should know about Seven outside of Kane Hodder's introduction? Well, you remember how I was dressed at uh, Rush Wrestling? With the, the kind of rotted? The, the, the yeah, rotted that, flesh? That, yeah. Yeah, that's from Part Seven. Okay. And, uh, and it, Part Seven came out in 88. Uh, wait, what's and, the resurrection on that? Is that in the lake, shocked? Is that where he gets electrocuted in the lake? Or is that the prayer uh, from the girl? He, he does, yes. He gets, um, and he fights a girl in part seven that's got telekinetic powers. Correct. Her dad, the, the bridge collapsing, right? She has the, yep, the flat. Okay, so I, I am familiar with that one. All right, so that's how he resurrects in that one is she says the spell or she kind of fire starter uh, his, his back to life. Okay, so I, I do know that one. That is um, highly okay. recommended. I did some research, watched some of the people that I like talk about the films um, coming into this, and Seven is highly recommended now that I, I recognize the girl. That's the shtick I couldn't remember. Because each one does have a kind of a specific shtick. Um, and that's one of the things I like about the Friday the 13th versus... Freddy seems to be stupid to me. I never could get into Freddy. I can't get into the silly. Michael Myers seems to be redundant as much as I love Halloween. They kind of all do the same thing. Jason does sort of give you a new shtick with each one. It does. It's like a variety, and each each Friday the 13th, he gives you a different look, you know. And, yeah, and yeah, because like we said, he's not even in one. He's got the bag in two. We don't get the icon until three. Who would even think yeah. of that, that the most, well, the minute you say Jason, you don't even have to say, give a last name. Most people wouldn't even say Voorhees. You instantly think Hockey Mask. And hell, that doesn't even come up till the third movie. iconic as much as i love michael myers or technically the shape as much as i love that the the william shatner mask isn't half as iconic as the the hockey mask freddie's claw yeah. isn't ever going to be as iconic as the hockey mask it is yeah. in my opinion the single most iconic item i'll say item not necessarily person maybe when you put a whole character together there might be an argument for a, a michael myers as a whole character to be more iconic or a freddy to be more iconic but when you think single item machete glove hat sweater overalls man the hockey mask it's really got it yeah and 
I even asked my dad, I said, what do you think is scary? Do you think the hockey mask is scary or Michael Myers' mask? He said hockey mask. Agreed. 100% agreed. 100% agreed. So, and I, I actually like the bag. I think aesthetically the bag is my favorite. Yeah, and um, it's kind of like, um, it, you know, well, you don't know what's behind that mask, you know. It's like, what is behind it? And then behind that mask is a monster, you know. So, and, um, as you go through watching them as a kid, instant love caught on right away. Um, at what point do you start to branch out? I mean, do you stick with Friday the 13th for a good long while? You mentioned Halloween. Um, as far as your love, how far into horror movie love and pop culture did you go? Like, did you just start absorbing everything and just go, oh, I gotta, I gotta try this, what's that? Oh, Suspiria, let me get one of those. Did you just jump right in and start taste testing every type of thing? I did. Um, like, you know, back in the, you know, early 90s, mid-90s, you had to, of course, uh, the rental stores. And I'd go days. every Friday or Saturday night and I'd load up on horror films. And um, it wasn't all just Friday the 13th. It was different stuff as werewolf movies, vampire movies, you know, was all that. And that's where I fell in love with it. Did you also shop, uh, for people that aren't, we're, we're typically a bit older, Terry's not with us today because uh, we love Terry, but we're all social distancing right now, so we're actually recording this remotely, so if it sounds like shit, uh, blame me, uh, but uh, email Terry and tell him to, to send me better equipment. Um, I literally have the phone rubber banded to the microphone, that's how ghetto we're doing this. <laughs> but uh, hey, gotta do what you gotta do, man, and it was worth it. But um, I would go into the video store. For, for those that, that, that are a little younger and don't remember the, the video store, it was just amazing. You had the saloon door with the pornos in the back, like a mystery section you couldn't go in. You could wander around. And, and to me, it was about the movie case. They say don't judge a book by its cover, but if I went by that, I would have never in, experienced movies as a kid. And horror movies of the 80s and 90s are the best covers ever. I absolutely, hundred percent agree. I remember, I remember being a kid, and there was a video store here in Irwin called Movie Review. It was a big old store, and um, I remember being like eight, nine, you know, years old, and I would creep back in the horror section and just look at the boxes. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't, I wasn't, you know, back then I wasn't old enough to watch that stuff, but I just loved the Me horror. Either. Like, yeah. They still stand out. Movies I never saw, I can tell you everything about the cover art because I remember the box vividly. Basket case, um, you know, happy birthday to me. Um, all these things, I remember them grateful. You know, I can picture the, the art just spot on. Never saw the movie because, again, I was eight or nine. It was my older brother was into that. I just, I couldn't, I wasn't ready for it. Like I said, I, I was Bobby Hill as a kid, so I was a wiener. Uh, but uh, I vividly remember these just, gorgeously grotesque monstrosities of box art. And I would actually pick up the box and look at the front and back. Yep. You know, I remember looking at Friday the 13th for some reason always caught my attention than, than the other ones. I think it's one reason why I love it so much. Yeah. You know, you had the, the one, like the, say, for example, part three where he's stabbing through the shower curtain. Right, because it originally was 3D, right? When it released in the theaters, yeah, it's 3D. I can't think, 
trying to picture. I, I said I can picture from Clear Day. Um, I'm trying to think of the movie, and you may know it. Um, it shows a, a guy's head by itself, a black, uh, almost like the Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. You just see the guy's head. His mouth is open, and there's a kebab coming through his throat. That's happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, okay. I yeah. so remember that. And again, um, shit, what is it? Uh, it shows the girl from the back at dinner, knife behind her back, her hair is braided in a noose. Happy, um, uh, shit. <laughs> if Terry was here, he could look it up for me. Um, April, maybe, uh, um, April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. Those two and Basket Case, where it shows Basket Case kind of reaching out. Those yeah. three are to me when I, I instantly, even of all the silly, wacky John Candy comedies I rented in those days, when I think back to the video store of young Bobby Hill riding his bike with Joseph Redcorn down to the, the video store, those three movies are the first three images that pop in my head. They are, 100%. And the, the truth, I've never seen any of them. I've seen most of Basket Case, but I've never seen uh, them all the way through. But those three images are the first three things that pop in my head when I picture myself, my son's age, riding down to the video store. Wow. I've seen April Fool's Day. I've seen Basket Case. And um, I've seen Happy Birthday to Me. Back actually, I, want, I watched those not too long, just a few years ago. I didn't. I never did watch them as a kid. With so. the rise of, of internet streaming, man, there's so many great outlets to catch up all these old horror movies. Do you? Are you familiar with Tubi? I do. Yeah, I got Tubi. Tubi, yeah. for anybody listening, is free, uh, so you don't have to have anything subscription, anything. You have to watch commercials, but it's less commercials than YouTube, but packed. I mean, especially in the horror movie genre cheesy monster creature features any kind of horror movie you like from the cheesiest to the most grotesque to the most just group whatever there there are tons there um and i i was blown away by the selection of, of again the things that i liked saturday the 14th and killer clowns from outer space and and all these the stuff um, wacky, uh, 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 B-movie stuff, but there is a ton of, I also like the big creature features, any monster, animal, way too large, terrorizing people, I'm in, so all your alligators, uh, uh, piranhas, all that stuff, I'm in, I love it, and so there's a ton of that on there. Yeah, I mean, speaking of, you just mentioned the movie, like, the movie Alligator, I think it was like uh, in the early 80s. Yeah. And man, that was such good effects for back then. Oh, I mean, yeah. they had the alligator busting out the, the the street, and you don't find alligator movies like it. They all use that CGI. Yeah, there's a and few good ones. Uh, Lake Placid was was really good for its time. That looks like a real alligator, especially if you consider that it's what twenty years old now. Um, but yeah, the CGI stuff isn't as good to me. Uh, it works sometimes, but most of the time, I'm like, man, build a rubber model and just a matte painting. Yeah, I mean, like, that alligator movie, and that's my favorite creature feature movie. Mm, that's that good. Movie. With Robert alligator. Forrester? Yeah. And you had that little boy, they pushed him in that <laughs> little pool, that pool, and it just showed that um, alligator just, just gulp him up, you know. For and, people not our age, too, that don't remember, this caused real panic. People really did think, the, 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 the movie is this kid wins an alligator at, at a, a, a carnival or a, a county fair, like you would win a goldfish or a, a, 
a, a mirror with Motley Crue on it. <laughs> That's when it, from our childhood. He wins an alligator. His parents go, oh, hell no. They flush it down the toilet. It grows to be ginormous size, terrorizes the city. Well, the fear of flushing alligators or alligators in your toilet was real back then. People really thought this was something, and movies like that were so convincing, people bought it. I know, yeah. I mean, I remember that. And um, uh, for the listeners listening, this is a spoiler alert. Do you remember in the first alligator, at the very end, it shows another little baby alligator yes. go down in the bed? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and again, people people bought that stuff, and it's like it's so over the top and silly now. Nobody, nobody in the again Lake Placid is a good example. Nobody would have thought that this giant man eating saltwater croc lives in just some Idaho lake. Nobody's going to panic over that, but we did back then. Um, just if you show Satanists listening to heavy metal in a movie, it it, it was real. People bought it. It was just um, it was a different time. People fell for certain horror movie, I guess, uh, uh, fears. People really did fall for it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, you're right. I played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, and back then that was the big, you're going to run off in a tunnel and, you know, kill my cat and, you know, commit suicide. And it's like, none of that's real. But because you saw it in a horror movie once, it's got to be. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. The one for me, and it still scars me on a point where I, I love it, but I have trouble watching it. Um, again, my brother watched a lot of these crazy movies while I stuck to the cheese ball stuff. The USA Up All Night. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that. That was what my love. Well, that's where I. That's where I really got introduced <laughs> the Friday the Friday the Thirteenth movies. I don't know if you remember every Friday the Thirteenth they would show the marathon. Of course, of course. USA Up All Night. You had Ronda Shear. You mm-hmm. had um, Gilbert Godfrey. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's where I got the, the really loving the movies is watching that. Well, most of the time they showed, uh, you know, they'd show like Maximum Overdrive, but they would also show like The Stuff and Sorority Babes, The Slimeball Bolorama, and that kind of cheeseball uh, horror movies, and I fell in love with that. And so um, I just absolutely worshipped it. But the one real, like, vicious horror movie that I remember trying to watch like I described earlier, it was the one where I'm hiding in the corner of the living room, watching over the couch as my mom and older brother watch it, is American Werewolf in London. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing is, it's not the werewolf that scared me. It's the zombie Nazis, where he's having the dream sequences, and they keep busting in his parents' house. And, and that, to me, that, and to this day, it is one of the most shocking, just startling. It's still causes a, a, a physiological response in my breath quickening and my skin tightening when I see it. There's just something about the Nazi zombies from that. The werewolf never terrified me. I thought it was awesome. Um, but the, the, the Nazi zombies had me so absolutely petrified. You know, it's funny you mention that because um, when I was a kid, that was actually one of the first horror films my dad showed me. At the beginning of that movie, I had them two guys in the, in that field, mm-hmm. and they're like, they hear, that, they hear that wolf howl, and that's a vicious howl that it does. Oh, so and good. And it jumps in there, and that scared the shit out of me when it jumps and bites them. Then Dad showed me the, the what you just said, the Nazi one. Mm-hmm. That scared me to death too. So I'm on the same. I'm on the same page as you. To me, that was the most terrifying. <laughs> it was, yeah, it yeah. was. It was just, and I don't know who did the makeup. I don't think that's Tom Savini. I don't know who did that. John, whoever John Landis got Rick, to do Rick that. Baker, Rick Baker 
Oh, yeah. of course, of course. I, yeah, I, I knew he did the werewolf. I don't know why I didn't play City. He didn't do the zombies, too. They're just so... Yeah, yeah, Baker's great. Well, you know, now that you say that, I never thought about Baker doing that. I knew John Landis directed both. And now that you say that, the zombies from Michael Jackson's Thriller do have the same color palette and overall style as the the American. That makes a lot of sense. I never never clicked on that. And with John Landis doing both, that makes that makes perfect sense. Um How can you not? How can you not? I didn't realize this till till not too long back that um, he had been working on the Howling, and left to go do American Werewolf in London, which is why when you watch the Howling, it looks like half-assed versions of Rick Baker's work because it literally is where he stopped halfway through working on it. Which I like the Howling, but you know it wasn't near as a oh, big no. budget movie as um, as American Werewolf in London. No, no, and werewolf movies need to come back. Those were great. You know, Wolfen with uh, Jack, uh, was it Jack Finnegan? Um, even The Wolf with uh, Jack Nicholson in the 90s. Werewolf movies are, are severely deficient right now. Well, uh, my favorite werewolf movie of all time is Silver Bullets. Okay, good one. Good one. Very good. And uh, which, honestly, I mean, I love that movie, God. It was so scary. But when you get the very ending of that werewolf and it shows it, it looks like a big teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. It's not great. And if it would just look like the um, werewolf in like American Werewolf in London or Howling, where it's real vicious looking, it's been a lot scarier. But you finally get this werewolf and it just looks like a, you just want to give it a big old hug. That, that makes me think, um, you talk about a, a, a movie where it kind of loses you. Um, have you seen Jeepers Creepers? Oh, yeah. The first hour of that had me pissing in my pants, and and anybody who knows me knows that's not hard to do. I'm super, like I, I'm super susceptible to jump scares. I will jump, scream. Um, I actually have a, a joke I tell on stage that's based on a true story um, that I where I, I got so scared at scream that I peed on a stranger in at the movies, and that's that is true, and I'll, I'll tell you that later. But um, with the jump scares and and the way I'm so susceptible to it. Jeepers Creepers set up so great that first hour where he's in the rearview mirror and he is playing with you in that big monster truck and I was on it. The guy gets to the they stop at the house. He falls into the well, all covered in skulls. I'm terrified. I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. The thing steps out of the truck. It launches its wings or spreads its wings. You get a close up. And I start cracking up. I was like, "What? I'm out. This is that's not scary." And it, it took me so out of the moment because I'd had this wonderful setup, all of the um, sensory uh, vibe to scare you was there. The actual monster shows up. I'm out. I'm done. Didn't terrify me at all. And I, I just well, I hated it. If they played it off like he had, he was like a bat, you know? Yeah. Exactly. It could have been a lot scarier if he'd just been this real demonic-looking thing that was hard to kill. Yeah. And that would have been a lot better than him just flying around and swooping and grabbing people. You know what I mean? Like, Doesn't always have to be that way. Look at Phantasm, the tall man. He doesn't even have yeah. a name. It's just an old dude who might live down your block. 
but it's done so terrifyingly. They've set up such the ambiance and the vibe and just the, the feel, it's palpable. And so when he appears, you're like, oh my God, I know what this is because you've set me up for it. Jeepers Creepers yeah. could have done the same thing by giving me Zombie Undertaker, which is basically what they kind of set it up for for a split second until, again, it becomes Batman. <laughs> oh, I, I agree. And then, I don't know if you ever seen Jeepers Creepers 2. No. You probably don't want to. You probably don't want to see it. It's no. all about his backstory and <clears throat> pretty much uh, just a gargoyle or bat, bat, like you said, Batman just flying around so grabbing goofy. kids off a bus. So goofy. Yeah, I did. Um, on the reverse side of that, there was a movie, um, People Under the Stairs, Wes Craven classic, often forgotten. Yeah. Um, not scary at all. But I'm terrified through the first half. All this thing behind the wall. Um, and, and then when it finally shows Roach, the, 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 the main person under the stairs. And I had seen this actor in so many comedy movies. And he's in... Uh, uh, a commercial at the time where he's eating a peanut butter sandwich and trying to answer a phone call. And he, I don't know if you remember that. And he shows up and I was like, well, I'm not scared anymore. I know that actor. And again, it just took me right out of the moment. And I was like, oh shit, I was enjoying this. I was scared. Uh, I'm the guy that will scream in a horror movie and scare the other people watching because I'm the one who screamed. <laughs> yeah and I did that in people under the stairs earlier uh, when it like jumps up against the wall I scream so everybody else screams so people throw popcorn and pillows at me and give me that oh man and then when it finally shows up they're like really dude you're afraid of that and I was like yeah my bad I, I got I got nothing I, I should probably just go ahead and apologize that's uh that's not scary oh wow yeah it's funny how, how you take Wes Craven or some of these great horror movie directors and then they do make this these odd pieces that stand out and you're like, that's not... It's so weird because you think about like uh, The Hills Have Eyes, which to me is one of my all-time favorites. Terrifyingly scary. And then you put it next to this later kind of, I guess, cash grab of a movie that's not scary. It's, it's, it's classic now, but it's kind of... It shouldn't be. And so you're like, where did... How did you... Where, how did this happen? Who directs yeah. the, the Friday the 13th? Because like, I, I know it's not the Wes Cravens, it's not the Clive Barkers, it's not the people that, that make these um, names uh, for the creators. You know, certain creators, Guillermo del Toro, um, uh, Wes Craven, Clive Barker, you know, a lot of these people, their their name is what holds a movie. Where, where do the Friday the 13th come from, man? Like, is that a, I don't, I'm not familiar with the director. I'm not familiar with the, the writer, creator. What's, what's the shtick there? Is there a reason that they, they even exist? Um, as a, as a diehard fan, I, I'm assuming you would know that if it's, a, if it's out there. Yeah, I do. Um, Friday the 13th started out as, um, it, it was, um, Victor Miller wrote script and John, and, um, Sean Cunningham directed. Okay, so should I know these names from anything else? Because I don't, they don't ring a bell on their own. Um, gosh, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Sean Cunningham did, which, well, Sean Cunningham, all he's really known for is Friday the Thirteenth. So that is their claim to fame. These guys got famous doing this thing, and that's what they're known for. Well, have you ever heard of a movie called Last House on the Left? Yeah. Um, that was Sean Cunningham and Wes Craven. They both did that. Film. Oh, like, no, okay. Okay. So, so there is a family tree between Jason and Freddy. Exactly, yeah. I did not know that. Okay. Again, not a diehard fan. I'm, again, Casablanca. I know Played Against Sam. I know Huffington. I've never seen it. I know Jason. But I did 
the singer, uh, which is David Coverdale, who goes on to make White Snake. The lead singer originally, Ian Gillen, does a step back Sabbath. I love those family tree branches, and I didn't know Freddie and Jason shared that. I thought it was just two icons that people um, fantasy pitted together. I knew that, but I think if you look, I think it's on the wall of the Evil Dead cabin. Oh, I'm not heard that. I, I find, I'm not 100% sure on that, and again, I, I'm not about to look anything up. I've got us recording. If I go to look anything up, I'll shut the whole system down. I'm not that smart. But I, I, I you may want to check on that. I think when Ash first walks in the cabin, Freddy's glove is somewhere on the wall. Now, again, that may be a fan speculation. It may have been just a crazy coincidence, like the, you know, maybe somebody grabbed a prop. I, I don't even think Freddy would exist yet by Evil Dead. I mean, it must have been Evil Dead 2. Uh, yeah, no, Freddy wasn't done. He didn't come until 1984. I think Evil Dead was like 1981 or 1982. So it may it may be Evil Dead 2, but I know there's Evil a... Evil Dead 2 was a 87 or 88. So you so. could have had Freddy by then. So maybe it's Evil Dead 2. I don't like Evil Dead 2. I love the first one, but I don't like Evil Dead 2. So um, I, I can't swear to that. But I, I, I knew there was the tie there, and I knew there was the Necronomicon. But um, I, I had heard that it was supposed to originally be a, a Freddy Jason Ash, but it's a comic book. Yeah, and um, see, with our fan, we'll talk about this here in a little bit. Our fan film is continuing off. Okay, yeah, because um, that is one of the things I want to talk about. I was going to take a break here shortly. We were coming up on. I figured we'd, we'd find a moment and we'll take a, a you know a little uh, a bathroom break and. and Put in some sponsorships here, but I want to talk to you about the fan film. But um, for a long time, that's that's kind of what people with Freddy versus Jason was. It was just this fantasy film. Um, but I didn't realize, like you said, that they had came. The two directors had started together and branched off. I wonder how much behind the scenes. I wonder if each one discussed their idea. Hey, I've got this concept. Oh, I and then later went off and did it separately i wonder if there was ever a uh i remember him talking about that back then i remember when he you know pitched me the idea of this um uh i'd love to know those behind the scenes things i i think that's awesome because i haven't yeah. seen the freddie versus jason but was it satisfactory to a jason fan are you happy when this fantasy film you've looked forward to your whole life comes to be when I first seen it, I was like everybody. I went on opening, well, opening midnight. That you know, you 
I right. was that Friday morning at midnight to see it. I was waiting in line, and I've been waiting, you know, like 12, 13 years for it. And, um, now, are you a Freddie fan, I, too? Yeah, yeah, I like Freddie. I can't and, get into uh, it. And, I mean, uh, not as much as Jason. Of course. Uh, which, in, in order, it's... It's Jason, Michael Myers, Freddy's, and Leatherface. That's my okay. order right there. Okay, good. I love Leatherface. I'm a big Texas Chainsaw guy. That's one of my favorites. I'm a big Toby Hooper fan. So, when I seen uh, Freddy vs. Jason in 2003, I, I mean, I was like, oh, that was such a good movie. Then, throughout the late years, I look back and I've been watching it, and I'm like, there are so many flaws in it. Is it? Is it? See, again, I don't care about Freddy, so I, I'm just going in purely rooting for Jason, which I'm assuming everybody goes in rooting for a guy. But I just, I, I thought, I don't like Freddy. I, I don't know enough. Again, I'm not a dire Jason fan, but it never, the thought didn't appeal to me. I guess because I hadn't wish listed it all these years, but um, I, I never understood the concept of um, what they were trying to do because apparently they, these ki- the kids summon Jason to do their to beat up their bully, Freddy, right? Isn't that the shtick? They summon Jason to be the bully to the bully? Well, um, <coughs> for, the, for the 2003, Freddy summons Jason oh. out from the grave to, to go to Elm Street to kill the kids so they can oh. start fear that Freddy's coming, Freddy's coming. But no, it's just big guy with a honky mask. Oh. So... And as the fear starts developing and starts building up, and Freddy finally gets his powers and starts being able to kill people. So Freddy uses Jason as a tool. He hires a minion. Oh. Yeah. And then he turns on him. Oh, okay. Yeah. He turns on him, and the whole whole thing is Jason can't stop killing people and stealing Freddy's glory, then Freddy's like, I'm going to have to do away with this guy. Now you might actually have my interest. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's not a bad movie. I mean, but I just, you know, I was so ready for Kane Hodder to be Jason in that film. And the guy that got to play Jason, Ken Kurtzinger, I just don't think it. He, I, I just, I was really let down. I was. People so. don't, if you don't study the films in a way that a true fan does, people don't realize that a dude in a suit is not the same as another dude in a suit. You think, well, it's, it's not really acting. Uh, the hell it's not. Um, look at Friday the third, Halloween number one uh, with Nick Castle. Look at number two with I can't think of who's playing it in that one. It's not. I don't think Dick, Dick Warlock. Warlock is Dick Warlock in two. Dick, Dick okay. Warlock. He lives about forty five minutes away from me. So. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. Um, but then no no disrespect, but they're very different. They're very very oh, different. Yeah. You watch Nick Castle blows him away because Nick Castle I was actually talking to a friend of mine last night about this Nick I think Castle so too glided and he was like he was coming after him he had purpose there's and something that, about the walk that slow walk with a purpose but yet not a pace is that's a hard acting to do physical acting pantomime um, is very hard you may not be making facial expressions but it is hard, and especially hard to come in to be number two or number three and try and mimic it. Um, but watch Halloween one and two that are supposed to be one night. They're literally supposed to be one story, so you can watch them in theory back to back and make one movie out of it, and you will see a significant difference in the man behind the mask. Yes, yes. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Leatherface is another big example. The non-Gunner Hanson Leatherfaces are very different than Gunner Hanson. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, um, God, what's his name? I played in the second one. Um, Doug, shit, what's his name? I can't think of his name, but he's far sillier, I think, to me, uh, than the, yeah, in but, his motions. Like, I watched um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. I'm not a big fan of it. I have friends that love it. I love but it. I'm a big like Dennis a, Hopper fan. Well, he's in it. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad... It introduces him, you know, Chop Top and... It's, it's a classic, iconic film. Again, it sure. falls more to the cheese side, which I like. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I, I don't mind it. It's not my, I like the first one better, but oh, uh, the guy playing Leatherface does this little dance. You know, exactly. I don't know if he's doing that to be funny or just, you know, but, you know, when, that, when the Gunner Hanson came after it, he came after it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and size makes a difference. It's hard to get people to replicate size. We talked about it earlier about the Jason having to have the body. Um, I love the guy that Rob Zombie got to do Michael Myers in his movies, Tyler Maine, professional oh, yeah, Tyler wrestler. Tyler Maine, yeah, God, but he is like fucking, he's like 6'9 and like 200, 90, 300 pounds. I mean, he's a Yeah, I mean, people also may recognize him as Sabretooth in the original X-Men movie. Yeah, And so right. he's a, he, a, he was a former pro wrestler and an absolute just behemoth of a man. And I think it really makes the role, it really adds to it. It gives so much more dimension. Just the minute he walks on screen, you don't have to have him near anything. You don't have to have anything to size compare him to. You can look at the square monster that stepped on the screen, and you're instantly afraid. That is a very hard feature to come by. Yeah, I mean, he just he dominated. I think he did an excellent job as Michael Myers. I mean, I love to say there's a scene of um, Halloween too. The Rob Zombie's Halloween mm-hmm. too, where he um, she's having a dream of him being in the hospital, coming after her, mm-hmm. and he he walks in that little that little um, lobby area there and just stares at that woman that he'd been killing. Just the way he looks right there, he just looks so. I, I love him. I thought he was great as Sabretooth in the original X-Men. Uh, I'm a big X-Men fan, too, a big comic book guy, and so I love Sabretooth, the character, and the first time I saw him, I was like, oh, they wasted him. It didn't really I, do do much with him, but he, he physically had the look spot on. Um, and so, yeah, I think he was great as Michael Myers. I, I like, actually, Rob Zombie's Halloweens. They take a lot of shit, but um, I actually really like him. I think he did really good with him. I think so too, because he made him his own, and I think they they stand out from the. I mean, you got John Carpenter's Halloween, which is then classic. You got Rob, Rob Zombies has his own thing. I like know? the backstory. I like the stripper mom, the abusive stepdad, the killing the animals. Uh, one of the things I like about John Carpenter's is the ambiguity. The why did this kid kill it? Why did he do it? They never tell. I mean, Loomis just says he's pure evil. I, I got nothing. He, I got nothing. Yeah. But I do like that Rob Zombie went. No, let's let's do something with this. Let's do. I, I can't. I. Not everybody can beat John Carpenter and sell you an empty bucket. Um, and that's what Michael Myers is. It's an empty bucket. There's no Jason, Freddy, Chucky, um, even Leatherface to a degree. Much late, I guess that comes out also in reboots and stuff. But um, has um, a bucket full of reasons that they're there. Um, but Michael Myers, hey, in the opening credits, this kid just kills people. Why? I don't know. And that that's that's a that's an empty bucket. There's nothing in there. And John Carpenter sells it to you masterfully. 
and that's not yeah. easy to do. And Rob Zombie went, I, I can't do that. I got to put some stuff in this bucket, or nobody's going to buy this. And I loved what he, I loved what he put in the bucket. Yeah, Rob Zombie gave him a backstory. So I like the way yeah. he's attached to masks. He gave the masks a reason to be. Hey, I'm not a person. Masks gives me personality. That was cool. Oh yeah. He made when he was in, locked up in the asylum. He made his own. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, um and I want to talk more about masks. Um, we've been on this for a minute. Um, let's let's take a break for a second, Cody. Let's uh, uh, pay the bills with some sponsors. Take a quick uh, bathroom break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the movie you're making because you're actually doing a fan film. You're actually taking it to the next level and you're doing your own fantasy film. And I really want to get into that. And I want to tell everybody where they can find you. And then we have the five to drive our questionnaire. We ask every guest. Um, I can't wait to uh, get some answers. It is. I can't wait to ask somebody again. It's been a long time since I've been on the air, and um, I've missed you guys. And I hope you're enjoying this. Uh, it's good to be back. I know things are crazy right now. Um, I hope everybody's doing good. Cody, are you hanging in there good through this? Are you uh, this this crazy time right now? Are you you and your family doing okay in it? Yeah, we are. I mean, I'm just I'm like everybody else. I mean, I'm, you know, I hate it. What's going on? It, it enables me to go out and do the things I love doing. I go to the gym and mm -hmm. stuff like that. A comedy. And, <laughs> I mean, uh, we 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 live by the crowd. Yeah, we do. And um, all, all I can I, I do my job is essential, and I do I still have a job. Good. So well, I, I'm lucky too. I'm blessed. Um, I do uh, customer service for a uh, a company and uh, in a call center, and we're doing work at home. So they've luckily allowed us to take our gear home, and so I, I'm still allowing to put uh, able to put food on the table. And I'm blessed, and a lot of people aren't. So I'm really glad that 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 you're blessed to be able to do that as well, even though that uh, you're putting yourself at, at uh, danger of being essential. We thank you. But I thank you for being here, man. I thank everybody for listening. Again, if you've made it this far, um, thanks for, for, for giving me another shot. Let's take a break. Um, we'll be back with Debbie Radio. Uh, Cody Huskins, the man behind the mask. Uh, the, uh, the, the greatest Jason cosplayer I've ever had on the show. How's that for sure? Um, number one. Um, we'll be back on Debbie Radio with Cody Huskins uh, here on Outlander Media Network. Thanks, guys. We'll see you in a second. And we're back. Again, it's been a while since I've got a chance to say that, but welcome back to Deadbeat Radio here on Outlander Media Network. As always, I am your wonderfully humble host, Lance Adams. Um, talking with us today is Cody Huskins, uh, Jason Cosplayer, wonderful human being, bodybuilder, heavy metal fanatic. Um, Cody, thanks for being back with us, man. Uh, it's been a great uh, episode talking to you. I love horror movies and pop culture and geeking out with somebody who's uh, of a similar mindset. So thanks for being here, man. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm glad to be here. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I wanted to, to give everybody a chance to, uh, 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 that, that has got a chance to fall in love with you and, and a, of like mind and want to share uh, views and stuff. Um, we we will definitely post some links here on our, our sites, but um, you've got some places you can be found for anybody who wants to get in touch with you or follow what you do. I know you're on Facebook. You've got the uh, Cody Huskins Horror Hound Studio. Is that correct? Um, Huskins Horror Studios. Correct, and that's on and, Facebook. Um, and then what is the man behind the mask? Cosplay, that's also my another Facebook um, page I got. 
Okay, okay. So we got Man Behind the Mask cosplay and Huskins Horror Hound Studio. Um, so you can follow you there. Uh, you guys post, post a lot of um, um, in pics of what you're doing. Uh, you know, I follow them. Uh, uh, I know you guys post pics of what you're doing. But not just that, just, you know, hey, here's some fun trivia facts and things. It's, it's all things horror related. Yeah, yeah, it ain't just my either. I do, you know, I post everything, anything to do with horror. Nice, so. and you're on Instagram as well, so for anybody who's got the, uh, got the gram. Yep, just find, um, just go Cody Huskins and I should be brought up, so. Cool, cool. Um, I, I want to talk to you before we get into the, the movie about cosplay in general. How long have you been doing the cosplay thing? Kid. I actually remember dressing up as Jason like in the early 90s, but a little old cheap white mask, you know. Nice. As but far as like conventions and stuff, how long have you been doing about that? About 2011, nice. I think it's when I really started doing it. And it's, it's, it can be a full-time job. There are people who travel around and do cosplays at conventions full-time. Um, and Because it, it's a lot of work. I mean, it, I, I want to make sure people understand that it's fun, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. Those costumes aren't free, whether you purchase them or create them. Um, they're, they're, they're expensive. You guys put a lot of work into what you do and a lot of time and a lot of money. And, you know, so you go to these conventions and, and, and you guys do, you know, get paid to be there sometimes, sometimes you're not. Um, so it, it is a, it is a labor of love, but you guys do work very hard at that. And I want to give a lot of credit for that because you, you made your costume, right? You don't purchase anything. You, or I mean, obviously supplies, but, but you create your own costume. I do. Um, I do have other artists that makes the little pieces. Right. But me and my dad, get, we get the pieces and we might touch them up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then we just put the whole thing together. You know, now, like, did you tell me you have one. multiple Jasons? You have multiple uh, versions you do? I do. I got um, Jason from part two, three. I'm working on four right now. Six, seven, eight, and nine Oh, no. nice with the the kind of neon purple. That's that's cute. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice, very nice. Um, when you get requests, uh, when you you know get a gig somewhere uh, as a cosplay, like with Rush Wrestling, do you get a request for a specific look? Do you just go, hey, I'm gonna be this one for this? Uh, is that your choice, or do people go, hey, we want you to come, but will you do the bag from two? Will you do uh, you know the the rotting from seven? Uh, do, you, do you get a, a, people ask for a specific uh, version? Usually I do. Okay. Um, somebody will send me a picture and be like, this is what I want you to be. <clears throat> and you and, know um, instantly when you the, see the picture which one they want. Yeah. Nice. And with Russ Wrestling, um, I just was like, um, I, I did a new part seven, the rotting one. And I was like, Chris, because Chris was getting a hold of me to do it. And I said, Chris, I'm going to do this one. Yeah, do it, man. I, was, yeah, I love that. So that's what I ended up doing for that. Yes. What's your favorite? Like, if you get to pick, if people were just like, come, what do you want me to do? I don't care. Come as Jason. What, what What's Cody picking out of the closet? Um, Probably part of seven, because that's everybody's favorite look. That's the hardest to work in. I tell you that right now. It's the hottest, and it's the most grueling. Yeah, because like two is just a pair of overalls, right? Yeah, it's and the a pair bag. of overalls and a, bag, and a bag over your head, yeah. And three is just regular clothes on pretty much with a, a hood and a mask. And um, six, the same thing. But when you get in the seven with all that rubber latex, 
rubber on you. Because you've got body guy. parts sticking out of clothing, too. Like uh, rotted yeah. body parts. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> you've got like the protruding chest piece. I noticed that was a big one. <coughs> Excuse me. That gets really hot. I'm oh, I can imagine. All that, all that pounds of um, latex and rubber on you. Jesus, I can and, imagine. You know, and the rest of them ain't too too bad. So, do you do Jason X as well? Is that something you would do? I know we were making fun of it earlier. Is I, that something I you might would consider do it later on? Um, but right now, I'm just going to concentrate on four. And I don't know if you play a video game on Friday, but <laughs> I'm working on. The, I'm going to be working on a Savini Jason where he's got chains around, wrapped around him, and he's all black. That doesn't ring a bell at all. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'm familiar with Tom Savini, uh, makeup extraordinaire artist uh, to the Romero films and, and so much of the, the gore from the 70s. Um, to a different generation, uh, most famously uh, seen in From Dust Till Dawn, but I didn't. What What is Savini's Jason? What's What's that one? I have, again, the chains and the black. Where What is that from? It's from the the video game. Video game come out about four years ago. Oh, oh, the online the online game. Oh, yes, yeah. My wife actually plays that. Yeah, and uh, the the online where you you were either trying to survive or play. When I think Friday the Thirteenth video game, I think the LJN uh, NES that we were talking about, the bright purple. But yeah, I, I haven't oh, yeah. seen that look, but I'm familiar with the game. I'll have to go check that out. Okay, yeah, <coughs> all black on, and he's got chains wrapped around his body. Nice. And uh, he's, he's carrying around a big pitchfork. Nice. So, is there a, a big Jason uh, uh, cosplay community? I mean, is there a lot of you guys? Is that a, is that a very popular cosplay? It seems I don't want to say easy, but compared to like a Freddy, where you've got to do a, a prosthetics, you don't have to do prosthetics with Jason. You can get by with Jason. There are looks you can do because you mentioned some are easier than others. Jason is one that does have easier way outs if you wanted to go that route. Uh, Michael Myers, the same way. It's a mask and a pair of overalls. That's an easy one. Jason, um, actually, um, Jason has a lot of detail here stuff. I mean, more than what a lot of people think. They think it's just a... No, like the uh, crack. The, the, the crack appears in one and it continues for the rest. The red marks over the eyes. It's not just any hockey mask. It's a very specific look and very specific things. Um, but what I was talking like compared to like a Freddy, which will take a prosthetics for a cosplayer. A Jason cosplayer can get in very uh, cheaper and easier than some of the other cosplays. Michael Myers the same way. You can get in cheaper and easier than that. Um, than, than say, again, like a Freddy, for example. Um, but is there a, a big community of, of, of Jason cosplayers? Is it a popular oh, one to yeah. do? There are several of us. Um, the Gallo um, <coughs> goes ahead. Guys, they got their own one day to cosplay. And a um, friend of mine, uh, Frankie the 13th, he's big. Into, but he does, I think he just does like a part seven and part eight. I was about to ask, but does everybody do a specialization? Or do most Jason cosplayers have... Um, uh, the, the the wardrobe options that where you can go well I'll do this for this this for that um, are you the anomaly by having multiples I'm one of them yeah I'm probably probably the only one that's done as many as I have <laughs> so um, yeah and I try to be so precise with the details and stuff like that so and um, I, I try I'm wanting to try to do other characters I know I do Michael Myers I got a part for Halloween 
Nice, very cool. I uh, I like the fact that that again you you have the range to do different things. That that that's yeah. cool, especially with a, a couple day cosplay convention. You can go and do one on Friday, one on Saturday, and have some fun with that. Yeah, and um, I I did do last year a um, Michael Myers two thousand eighteen film. So oh, nice! I still haven't seen that. That's supposed to be so good. That's the new one, right? By Danny McBride. I still haven't seen it's, it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I really loved it. So nice. I I want to see it. Um, I love Danny McBride. I would never have guessed that he would do such good with horror. But who would have thought Jordan Peele? Who would have thought John Landis? I mean, there are people that do horror movies that don't strike you as horror movie people. So I'm willing to give Rob Zombie. I'm willing to give people a shot. Although with Rob Zombie, one look at his videos that he made for his band should tell you he's going to make good horror movies. Oh, yeah. um, That's what his dream was when he was a kid, was to make up horror films. See, now I cosplay Rob Zombie, actually. I'll send you a picture of me doing Rob Zombie. I actually do a really good Rob Zombie cosplay myself. Oh, okay. Yeah, send that to me. Yeah, we did it for uh, CreepyCon a couple years ago, actually. Uh, uh, We all came as uh, the first year that uh, the network... We were on a different network then. That's still when we were on Stage Diver, and we went as a, as a, a podcast network to set up a booth. And one of the guys joked about going as a Sherry Moon Zombie, and I was like, "I got a Rob Zombie costume from Halloween years ago." And I showed up. I can't tell how many people actually thought I was actually Rob Zombie, who would be at CreepyCon. It makes sense, but people would stop me and be like. You're not. I was like, no, no, I'm not. Thank you. Can I get a picture? Yeah, of course. That's that, and I love that. People go, can I get a picture? Yeah, that's why I'm here. That's why I did this. That's that's the whole reason I spent three hours getting or however many hours to get ready is for you to take pictures and to love it and be part of it. So, do you like that? Do you like when people come up, take pictures, and want to you know share in it? Do you actually enjoy the quote unquote fame of it? I do. Um like any convention I go to you know it's like you know I get stopped every two steps uh, <laughs> I go so I love it um, I, that's yeah. part of half the fun for me I absolutely love it um, you, I want to get into the fan film you said you're making your own fan film um, one of the things I, I do want to talk about because I think this ties to both the just rigor cosplay and the, the fan film how does the legality of things like that work out? Do you get cease and desists? Do the people play along and, and go, hey, I, I love that you're a big fan and want to take it to a next level? Like, do do is there a fine legal line with doing things like that? Because I know with like Rush Wrestling, um, because we're we you know we're making a product, we we couldn't say the word Voorhees. <clears throat> is there a, a big legality fine line you have to walk? But this, the fan film we're doing is all crowdfunded, and as long as we ain't, as long as you ain't making money off that right. name, right? Then, then you're okay. You're good to go. That's how it typically works with parodies and stuff as well. Name. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, with the fan film. Um, how far along are you guys into that? Like, where we at? Because I know you said you're going to start shooting later this year. All God willing, in the creek don't rise. Where, where, where are you guys right now in the process? We're at um, right now. We're 24 percent funded with our campaign. Okay. 
and um, we're getting to we and I think we're we're striving for ten grand and that once once we get ten grand that's gonna be a hundred percent funded. Okay. So as soon as soon as that gets funded we're gonna start shooting. So Well where it's like have you guys already got a script out? Have you guys already got like Yeah, the script uh, Joshua Adams is our writer and he's a he's a brilliant uh, writer. He I mean he's he's gonna make it big with nice. his um screenplay and stuff like that. And um, Blake Best is our um, executive producer and composer and consultant. I don't know. You, you went to CreepyCon. He's a guest there at CreepyCon every year. Okay. Okay. He's the, got the Freddy Glove there and stuff. Okay. And, um, is that who's going to be playing Freddy in the, 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 the fan film? Because it is going to be Joshua Adams, our um, writer, is going to be playing um, Freddy Krueger. And Blake, I have a part in it. I think he's like a, like just a stand-in that gets killed. So. Nice. So you've already cast and everything. Yep, we got we're um, we're fully casted now, and um, of course you know who I'm playing. Of course. And um, I would expect nothing else. And um, so yeah, we got a good group of cast members. We got Kaylee. She's like she's in she'll be she's in a film right now. It's called Bloody Summer Camp. Hmm. And it's it's gonna be a big um, like a B movie, campy nice. like a throwback to sleep sleep away campy. I'm in. And, uh, I'm in. And uh, Felissa Rose is actually co-starring in that with her. Hmm. So nice. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She was in the very first uh, sleep away camp. What did you, what, so, what character did she play in Sleepaway Camp? Was she the main character? She was the main killer. Yeah. Then, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, obviously, I know who it is. That is such a uh, again for people that have watched it. Such a good classic. Sleepaway Camp is. That box and the, we was talking about going to the, the video store. The box oh, yeah. with the knife with the shoe in it. Yes. Yes. The image for that's me. It. That's another one that I didn't watch till I was way older. But I remembered. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this, and I watched it one day randomly, and the image at the end and again I hate to say spoiler alert for a 30 year old movie but um, the image at the end when they reveal the killer again it's not the part that should terrify you that does it's the the face and then what's sad is I don't think that's any kind of makeup or prosthetic that's just her face but it is so unsettling I know and that noise she's making is going hey, 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 you know oh. the way she's making it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. I remember when I watched that the first time. That was just maybe like nine years ago, <clears throat> eight years ago when I first watched right. it the first time. I was like, "Oh my god!" It's, I mean, it's unsettling. <laughs> and there, there are little things. A lot of little things like that. Um, the 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 crab walk in The Exorcist, or even The Grudge. Um, the nurse on the ceiling in The Exorcist Three. Those little moments oh, are just. So unsettling. There's something about them, and you can't put your finger on it. But that face, when when they reveal the killer in Sleepaway Camp, is just so unsettling. So unsettling. Yeah. So with a fan film, um, how how do you decide how much to ride the line as far as tribute? 
versus pretending we were the real people making the real thing. Like, do you do you kind of acknowledge that you're not New Line Cinemas and that you're not, um, you know, uh, who who is head the the Jason? Um, and and do you do you do you acknowledge that or do you just go, hey, if they made this movie, what would they make? And we're gonna do that. And if you watched it, you would never actually know. Where do you kind of let the meter fall on that? I mean, um, we definitely let people know that this is a fan film and it's all crowdfunded. And um, we're, we're like, we're, what we're doing, we're continuing off of Jason Goes to Hell mm-hmm. and uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street, um, Brady's Dead, where they kill him. <coughs> right. That's where we're at. And Adam Marcus, the uh, director of Jason Goes to Hell, already gave us the okay. Yeah, go for nice. it. Nice. Nice. So, and, uh, wow. And Joshua Adams, when he was writing the script, he would send Adam Marcus the script, and Adam said, "This is awesome, man. Go, go for it." Nice, nice. So, now yeah, you mentioned your partner uh, in this. Douglas is doing Freddie. Is that something he does on the cosplay side, or is that just a part he got recruited and cast to play for this? Well, we actually was looking at a guy named uh, Paul Bailey. He's like the best Freddy Krueger I've ever seen beside Robert Englund. Of and, course. Uh, what did you think of Jackie Earl Haley, by the way? I want to come back to that, but what did you think of Jackie Earl Haley? I didn't. Um, he actually didn't do a bad job as Freddy, but I, the movie's terrible. I, Is it, I didn't watch it. I love him, and I thought about why. I, I was like, oh, maybe this will be my shot, but I didn't watch it. But uh, um, he, I thought he looked well, great, think- and he's a great actor. I tell you what, with that Nightmare the New, the remake, he looks like a real burn victim. I, that's what I like. I thought so, too. I thought it looked more realistic. It didn't seem as silly, which so I might actually like it. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to get your opinion on him real quick. But you said you, you did turn to a, a Freddy Krueger cosplayer, somebody of your yeah, own uh, uh, yeah, world. Yeah. He's, uh, he's amazing. And, um, he, <laughs> I mean, he just blows me away. And we... we we tried to get him and he just had other obligations going and so we just we lost him and he just you know had other things I think he's wanting to do his own like Nightmare Down Street yeah. type of solo type that of that makes movie. sense I don't blame that makes and, sense um, so um, we looked at a couple other people but you know when they backed out they had other things going on so Joshua Adams he has the same build and kind of looks like Robert Eggman a little bit oh. Nice. Now, as far as with like the Freddy versus Jason, that's a very physical fight. Jason's a very physical. I always think, to me, when I think of Jason um, physicality, I think the slump, the sleeping bag kill from is it three, two, but where he beats him against yeah. the tree. That's in seven. Yeah. I thought that was again shows what I know. I thought that was super early. Again, that's very iconic to me. So uh, to me, the sleeping bag kill is one, of the, and and I just. To me, the bashing, and I picture Jason attempting to kill Freddy in that way. So stunt-wise, I mean, because that's what that's what I, I picture. Freddy's going to do his thing. Jason's going to grab him by the the feet and slam him like a droopy cartoon, um, and that's what I want to yeah. see. Um, how are you guys prepared to handle that again with a lower budget? Um, because it's fan made, it's crowdfunded. You don't have New Line and Michael Bay and and Wes Craven backing you. How are you guys planning on doing like the stunts and stuff? Do you do you have a background in that? I know you're a bodybuilder. 
but that doesn't mean every every bodybuilder can't be a pro wrestler because they don't have the background in the the physical side of it. Do you have the stunt um, background to do your part of that? I mean, yeah, I mean, I've you know I've took tumbling and stuff when I was younger and martial arts with tumbled. Right, you mentioned that you know, martial arts. I've always played the ball and all that stuff. That that ain't no big deal to me. And um, you know, with it being crowdfunded, it is a lower budget movie. Right, and a good filmmaker can do it, you know. A lot of, hey, Jaws didn't work. Steven Spielberg said, how do I make a scary movie with a a shark that doesn't work? And he made it, and it's it's iconic. So the right filmmaker can still take the right creativity and make wonders when you don't have the greatest wire team in China and the CGI budget of The Hobbit and these things that, that these major, and to me turn out a better product because that's more innovative i would rather see somebody work with nothing um and and come up with something it's creative so the fact you don't have again wire teams from china and cgi budgets i'm i'm more interested to see how you make it work because that's what it was in in 82 and 77 when they're making these iconics they didn't have this stuff and it turned out to be um an industry made from that so I actually like the fact that that, that, that that you are forced to take it back to, I can't pick him up and sling him against a tree. How do I make this work? So I, I actually think that's fascinating. I would rather see what you guys do. Well, you know, like the, I know how to pick somebody up and sling them against a tree and do the camera and all that stuff. You can do that, and it'll be cheap. So, yeah, that could work. I do too. I do too. I, I don't no. think if you if you made Jason um, in his iconic stage again, you can't say made Friday Thirteenth because that's really Mama Voorhees. But if you made two and three, we'll use those two as the because that's the iconic era. That's that's the best two that that really um, sum up how it happened. If you take two and three and you made them today and said, "Cool, man, you got you got you got Michael Bay budget. Do what you want to do." I don't think you're making as good of movies. I don't think you're making a franchise. I don't think you're creating a legend. I don't think you'll you'll cement a hockey mask like you did then. I, I just don't think it would happen. I totally agree because back then um, they had to work hard to, to get the, the the good look on for the screen. Nowadays they can just they can just go into a room and just do it on computer. You're allowed to be you lazy. Know? And yeah, and you can have a green screen in the background. Now you really have to, I mean, back then you really had to make it look just great with nothing. Yeah, I think that I think that's more interesting. So I, I'm actually really interested to see what you guys pull off and and, and keep up with us on it um, as this goes forward. Let us know, share things. Well, if you mentioned crowdfunding, let's let's give a moment. If anybody's interested in this, where can they pitch in? Um, you know, you don't have to pitch in a lot. Every little dime counts. How can people get in on this? How can people support it? People that want to see it, want to see you succeed. Where can they do uh, their part? Well, um, we have a Indiegogo campaign. It's on Indiegogo, and it, it's a, we're under Freddy versus Jason Dreamscape. Dreamscape, and like the '80s movie Dreamscape. Dreamscape. Find on Facebook. Just type in Freddy versus Jason Dreamscape. We have our own Facebook page. <coughs> okay. And uh, we have, we have the Indiegogo link right there. Okay. For anybody to find. 
Um, uh, I'll find that and put it on our page for to share there uh, when this episode comes out for sure as well. Because um, we want to we want to support you guys. We want to um, we we here at Outlander Media Network. Um, are, are are based in filmmaking and and the the, the, the gorilla roots uh, entertainment that that you're you're talking about Terry um, uh, is a filmmaker um, he he most of us met him through uh, uh, making his independent films and so we we beyond anybody will support and appreciate what you do and want to see you succeed so please by all means uh, send me the link to it uh, and we'll put it out on the uh, the episode comes out because we want to make sure that people uh, that want to be a part of this can be that people that go hey I, I want to see that movie so if I can pitch in 10 bucks um, and help make that movie get made Let's do that, and so we want to make that happen. So um, definitely get that to me. And we got different perks too. Like um, we got perks if you donate enough money, um, you get a, a DVD, and if you donate nice. enough money, you get your uh, um, a part in the film. Nice. And you get a you get a picture of yourself in the film, and uh, you get a you donate enough, you get an autograph photo of me or Freddie or you know Blake. And well, I think for fellow fans, those are the kind of perks we want. Those are the things that I, I, I would want to be in a movie. I mean, I, I'm ham. I love to be in a movie. So that's a great perk for anybody. So I think that's awesome. So, Cody, please let us let us help you um, at least get the word out any way we can. That sounds good. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We want to because I want to see that. I think that's awesome. Well, when you said Dreamscape, it actually made me think of uh, uh, the movie Dreamscape. I don't know if you're familiar. Again, okay. like the aliens or something uh, like that. Well, where if you die in a dream, you die in real life. Um, has I cannot think of his name. Save my life. Um, from the Warriors was the villain in everything. Warriors come out yeah, and play. Yeah. He's the villain in it, and I I, I want to say Dennis Quaid maybe in it. But um, it just made me think of that. Uh, again, took me back to a, a, a video store about 11 years old. Um, and so I just the, the, the fact you named it Dreamscape is awesome to me. Um, so I, I, I hope you do well, and we want to see you succeed, and we want to help out in any way we can. So um, you mentioned you're going to be in CreepyCon. Um, again, God willing, the creep don't rise. We'll, we'll be there as well. Uh, so we'll definitely see you there, and hopefully we'll have some updates to be able to uh, pass on to the people that um, – that share like mine. That's the whole point of the, this this show. I, I I created Deadbeat Radio as a place to sit down with people and just have have again, like I described it to you earlier, two people at a party who sneak off to the back porch to sit down and just talk, um, and get to find out that hey, I don't know how we both ended up at this party together, but we have more in common than we thought we did, and and now we're friends, and so. In this case, the people listening who go, I, I like horror movies. I would love to see Jason whip Freddy's ass one more time. I, I want to be a part of that. We we want to share that. So um, let's uh, let's definitely make that happen and let's continue to uh, share that. Um, Cody, man, uh, I I am so happy to get to, to know you, brother. I, I'll be honest. I, I feel such a kindred spirit, um, and I'm so happy that we met at Rush Wrestling because this has been a great conversation. Um, and again, I really do feel like I bumped into just a stranger at a party that, that happened to have a lot in common with. Yeah, exactly. I feel the same about you. Um, I was glad to see you there. And um, we had a good time that night. 
I had a blast. Well, I have too. Um, and I've I've got we've we've got something we can't leave out. So, um, before we leave, uh, we'll we'll definitely um, give it the five to drive. And they're the five questions that I ask every guest to drive this episode home. So, uh, I like to get to know people. I like to find out because I I I love the movie High Fidelity, and he says in it, I I learned a long time ago, it's what you like, not what you are like. And, and the meaning of that is so profound to me because it's like those are the things we bond over, the things that we like and we like together. Uh, hey, I also like that movie, that music, that TV show. We can be as superficial as we want, but that really is the things that bring people together more often than anything. So I love the, yeah, yeah. I love the, the God rest his soul, the inside the actor studio. Do you know the show? I, I, Will Ferrell did a great uh, impression of it on Saturday Night Live, but James Lipton, the host, recently passed away, and he would interview actors, and he ended every episode with this great questionnaire, and I loved it, and I think the concept was great. And so I want to end every episode with a questionnaire where I get to know you, my new friend or old friend who's a new guest. I have some of those too sometimes. And, and it's the same questions, but one is customized just for you. And I love lists, countdowns, top fives, top tens. And so I want to start off the top five or the five to drive with your top five. I like to give top five lists. And what I want is your top five favorite horror movie franchises. Specifically franchise, three movies or more, reboots count. I have to assume what number one will be. But I want your top five horror movie franchises. Franchise, okay. Uh, start from like five down. Doesn't matter. I don't put mine in order. I just uh, I like to I like to have five good examples for myself. <clears throat> but I have a feeling okay. I know what number one would be if we put them in order. I, I just going out on a limb here. Actually, actually, it ain't my really? favorite. My favorite franchise of horror films of all time, Halloween. Okay, okay, that's on my list. Halloween's on mine, so good call. Great uh, out-of-the-gate choice. And number two is um, Friday the 13th. And, but here's the deal. I like the character Jason better than I do Michael Myers, but the, I like the Halloween films better than I do. And that's what I, I went by was overall, um, uh, you know, overall franchise, even, like the movies as a whole, you know, the remakes, etc. Um, speaking of which, how did you like the Friday remakes? Were they good? I know they did a couple of those a couple of years back. Um, uh, I did not like um, the 2009 remake. I did. They've been two, right? Two reboots that are completely autonomous from the original franchise? No, they've just done one. One okay. I thought they had done two of them, and it didn't. It didn't follow the 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 Mama Voorhees at all, right? Jason's the killer right out of the boot in that one. But well, at the yeah, this is a spoiler alert. Um, Again, two thousand nine. You've had ten years. It's good. <laughs> the very first of two thousand nine remake has his mom killing, and like it did in the very first one. Then after that, he sees her killed. Then, then he goes on a killing spree. Got it. So, so they basically combine movie one and movie two into a basic much single movie. Combine one through four. For uh, the okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. So Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, both good franchises. I, I knew Friday the Thirteenth was coming. Um, Halloween's on mine. So uh, what else you got? What's uh, what's three through five? Uh, 
and probably Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, okay. Um, the then Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, Texas is on my list. And Lord, let me think about the, the last one. Uh, and I gotta say, I really like the Texas reboots. I I know some of them aren't as good as others, but the original one with Arlie Army and Jessica Biel, I think is fucking fantastic. Well, that right there—that's Michael Bay's. That's the best remake that's been on any horror film. I agree. Right I agree. Now. I think it was great. And and the 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 prequel they did wasn't terrible. Um, I didn't yeah, hate it. Did. Yeah, I liked it too. Yeah. I didn't care for the sister one. I liked the story. I liked the idea that there had been this baby who escaped, but it just got dumb. Uh, I wasn't crazy about that one. But yeah, the 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 Arlie Army. Uh, uh, remake with um, oh I cannot think of his name that plays uh, Leatherface in that one he is great uh, um, he was in uh, Batman Returns as uh, Christopher Walken's son uh, and he is absolutely fantastic uh, so I really liked that one I thought it was great so I think as like you with the reboots Texas Chainsaw reboots were fantastic that was my favorite so alright you got one more man what you, what you got in last place or uh, last slot anyway Last but not least, I post this on my husband's horror studios all the time. I have a huge obsession with Creep Show. Excellent. Creep Show One, Creep Show Two, and um, I love those movies. I and they're okay, and they're doing five. a remove of that. So good, good, good one. I, excellent. Yes, uh, Creep Show is great. It's actually on Shutter. They started a series on it. Yeah. So again, you you squeaked that one in because originally there's only the well. Is there a third creep show of the original series? There's a third creep show. It ain't that good. And that's okay. that's what I thought. It's a bad like straight to video kind of something. Okay, so good good call. I wouldn't. I only remember the first two, which were great. Um, uh, but good good call. Great great dark horse dark horse choice. Cause that's a great list, man. <laughs> um, I I went with for me Texas Chainsaw was the first one I thought of. I love it. I love the reboots. I love one and two. Um, I, I think they're great. Um, Halloween was on my list again from reboots to sequels some of the sequels I could do without I, I know people defend 3 even without Michael Myers I see why people defend 3 I cannot defend 3 So, but Halloween still makes it for me and I went with Hills Have Eyes I love them I, lo I like the remake that's to me would probably be the second best remake in the reboot series I liked it a lot as well uh, yeah, I, I love Michael Berryman in the original ones. Um, so I, Hills Have Eyes was there for me. Um, and I actually went with a little newer choice. I, I, I put Scream on my list. I think the Scream franchise is really good. Um, it's fun. It's kind of campy. Yes, it has a lot of dumb entries. Yes, it is dumb stuff. But it, it was it, the original one is brilliant. It brought a fourth wall break. I remember going to the movies and seeing that very first scream. I mean, everybody's so excited, and when I when I seen it, I loved it. I was like, I was like everybody else coming out of the theater. I was like, damn, I mean, that was like a roller coaster ride. I mean, I loved it. I loved the self referential side of it. I loved the fact that it played with your expectations, and the first couple did that really well. And so I and, and that that again for the ghost face to be now in the pantheon frequently against the hockey mask, the glove, the chainsaw, that says a lot. And and that's that 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 entry is twenty to thirty years 
younger than almost every entry we 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 mention. So I, I really uh-huh. got to give them credit. Um, and then last but not least, I went Firefly Flamet, Firefly Family from uh, 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 Devil's Rejects, uh, House of Thousand Corpses, Three from Hell. Um, I I love it. I think they're great. I really really like it. Bill Mosley as Otis and 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 God rest his soul, Sid Haig as Captain Spaulding, um, and Sherry Moon Zombie. I got to give her credit. Are amazing. So I I had to give them credit on my list. I love the Fireflies. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I love him too. I met Sid Haig. He was such a great guy. So wow, nice. Nice. I I love it. I I did. Um, I actually did Otis at CreepyCon last year. Uh, from Three oh, From Hell. You? Yeah, I did Otis from Three From Hell last year. Um, I love it. I just uh, Otis in Devil's Rejects for me. Otis in Devil's Rejects and Captain Spaulding in House of a Thousand Corpses are just I so good. I didn't care for Otis as much in House, and I didn't care for Spaulding as much in Rejects. But those two in their individual movies are two of the, the, the greatest horror movie characters ever to me. I just loved them. Yeah, yeah, they are. <clears throat> I love, I absolutely love House of a Thousand Corpses and uh, Devil's Rejects. They'd probably be, that would probably be number six for me. Nice. So. Rejects is my favorite of the series. I like Three from Hell. Did you, have you seen Three from Hell yet? I have, and I wasn't crazy about it at first. I mean, I was like getting into This is some good shit right here. But after that, I, I mean, after like when they went to Mexico and stuff, I just kind of like went, it kind of was going downhill for me. I mean, yeah, I see that. I see that. But I did like it. I liked, um, I, I liked uh, a baby getting a little more. Uh, to me, this one felt a little more natural born killers, and I liked that. It had a little more of that kind of vibe to it, and I thought that was a neat twist. Yeah, yeah. So, and, um, which um, he's talking about Devil's Rejects. William Forsythe done a, a brilliant oh, job so as the good. sheriff. So good, so he's so such good. a good actor. He is amazing. I tell you, uh, you talk about unsettling. There's a there's a shot, and and I don't think people really notice it. It's one of those where, unless you're a film buff, I don't think you notice it. But you definitely know it happened, even if you don't know why you know it happened. There's a shot in, the, in a House of Thousand Corpses. Otis has the deputy on his knees, gun pointed at his head, and the camera just slowly pans out. You know the shot I'm talking about, don't you? I know exactly what you're and talking about. And it just, it, it, it goes for like a minute, maybe a minute and a half. And that sounds and like, how? that sounds yeah. like nothing. Yeah, that sounds like nothing. But when you're watching it, your butthole is clenched so tight that you can feel it in your nostrils, and then boom, and it's you're so far out that you can, you almost can't hear the boom. You can just feel it, and you can taste it. That is so unsettling. That is one of the great. I will put that up against the shower reveal in Psycho or any other classic horror movie. Just frame you can think of. I will put that up against it any day as for being the most unsettling, horrifying, under three minutes of film. Um, I'll tell you another unsettling moment. I know when I first seen this, I was like, but I was like, damn, <laughs> it scared the shit out of me. It was in 
the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre when she's pushing um, Franklin through the woods. Mm-hmm. And Franklin says, I hear something. And he just comes out of the woods and nowhere to start the Franklin's the guy in the, in the wheelchair. Oh, I'm ready for Franklin to die 10 minutes into the movie. And he, but he just starts sawing. <laughs> I mean, oh. it was like, that was like unsettling. Right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Toby Hooper uh, nailed it. I mean, Texas Chainsaw, the original, is so good. And the, the if you know this behind-the-scenes stories, too, of, like, the mob getting involved in the distribution, and, and, and there's so many good stories. It's just such a crazy movie anyway. But it is so... And again, talk about fooled people. How many people still think from from the annals of American history come a true oh, case? Yeah, How many yeah. people still believe that's a true case? And it's not. It's nothing uh-huh. true about it. But people still believe that because of John Larroquette of all people and his wonderful golden tones. Yeah, I mean, it was based off um, Ed Gein, the real life killer that was the um, correct but the plain field, but. Um, it was just based off that, but it wasn't like... Not they like they sell it in the opening credits. Exactly, yeah. But people bought it. People fell into it. And it, it's so creepy. It looks like a documentary. There's no soundtrack. People don't realize that. Again, there's no music playing in the background. There's no... There's none of that. No, you don't have to have that. No. All you have is that one piano wire sound. And that is so creepy. So to me, Toby Hooper just batted that out of the park. I, I, I love it. It's it's probably it's it's probably my if I did have to rank my franchise franchises there, uh, I would probably put Texas number one. As much as I love Halloween, I like Michael Myers better than Leatherface. But I like Texas Texas Chainsaw is so real. That's that's the creepy part. That it is it is plausible on a scale that a Jason, a Freddy, a Michael Myers is not. And that adds a new level of terror. Yeah, and um, as you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the original Halloween was a very extremely low budget. Oh, yeah. Um, Toby Hooper said in interviews that, that a dozen times that we get you know labeled as one of the bloodiest, goriest movies ever made. He said, we had about a bucket and a half of blood for the whole shot. For the whole entire movie, yeah. um, you know, they just did what they had to do. The shot under the swing set—it's just a guy under a swing set with a camera, but it seems so. I am there. It put me there. It put me outside of the the, the house. Um, it it the 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 first pullback of the door where he clocks the guy with a hammer and makes the squeal sound for the first time. Oh. Talk about a butthole clincher. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking God, about. That one yeah. gets me. That one gets me. Well, we've had a fantastic collection here of horror movie icons, but let's get to some real people for a minute. I I love um, wrestling. We've talked about it, and I love the stable. I love the the group. When it comes to music, I prefer a band. When it comes to comic books, I want a super group. When it comes to uh, wrestling, I want a stable. Four seems to be the magic number. The four horsemen, the fantastic four, the fab four. So, so Cody, it's your fantasy night. You get one night with three living celebrities. You get to be your own four horsemen and do whatever you want to do. What three living celebrities do you choose? Well, in all honesty, uh, I think uh, 
My number one hero of all time, Donald Schwarzenegger. Great choice. Okay, okay, great choice. He would be a great guy to hang out with for a night. That would be a fun, fun night. Okay, great out of the great out of the gate choice. Um, number two, I'm, I know him and I consider him a friend. And then when I see him at a convention, we we're like we're, we're close. Is um, Kane Hodder? Okay, He's I expected that favorite. one. You're building your own little expendables there. You got you got Schwarzenegger, you got Kane Hodder. It's gonna be a tough night, man. You guys are gonna you guys are gonna terrify people. You three behemoths walking down the street. You, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see who we add for number four. All right, this is good. Number four. Um, gosh, let me think. We think of all these people. Probably, um, I'd probably get. Honestly, I'd probably get Chuck Norris. Ooh, good choice. Good choice. Oh, you do have a little mini Expendables. Yeah, the reason I picked Chuck Norris because Dad was in a film with Chuck Norris. What? Yeah. Okay, we're telling that story real quick before we go any further. Your father (laughs) was in a movie with Chuck Norris. Yeah, just making sure I heard correctly. Okay, we we do yeah. have a shitty sound setup, so it's possible I misunderstood. I just wanted to make sure I had heard that correctly, and wanted to make sure the listeners also heard that correctly. Please tell me the story of your father in a movie with Chuck Norris. Yes, um, it was. Uh, he got he, he filmed it. He got picked for the role um, because a friend of his told him said, "Hey, Jerry, there's a um, film filming in." you know Johnson City mm. and he was like and Chuck Norris is in and they're looking for somebody like you dad's already applied about martial arts and stuff but dad right. was like okay I'll go down there who wouldn't so dad went down they, it was at the, they was holding auditions at the uh, Guard, Guard <coughs> Plaza in Johnson City okay so dad walks in and he walks in, you know, he just walks in the lobby where all of them are talking and they look at him. <laughs> Dad said, I'm here to try out for a part. And they looked at Dad pretty much and said, okay, just throw a kick at us or whatever. Dad threw a kick and they pretty much said, you're hired. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And, and Chuck, so... Chuck Norris came in there and said, how you doing? You know, started talking to Dad. Dad was like, wow, that was a, you know, great experience. And... <laughs> What's the movie? So, Delta Force 2. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Delta Force. Series. I love Delta Force. Again, I fell to the, the gun side of the the action movie. So I loved American Ninja, Steven Seagal, some of the gun side of that compared to the Jean-Claude Van Damme, which was, again, more to me, more of the martial arts, at least in my mind. I love Delta Force. I, again, it was, it was G.I. Joe. Uh, it was Everett's. Yes. Uh, wow. Uh, awesome. Um, now I'm going to have to go back and watch it. You said it's in part two. Um, is it something I'll recognize? Will I see it? Will I be able to spot the, is he just in the crowd? Uh, does he get his ass whipped real quick? Like, I mean, no offense, but if I'm in a movie with Chuck Norris, I'm expecting to get my ass whipped real quick. So no, no disrespect to dad, but um, there's a scene in that movie where, um, I don't know if you remember that guy he fights in that bedroom. I I can't say I remember two hardly well at all. That will definitely have to take a refresh. But uh, I will look for it. Well, 
I'm gonna when we get off here, I'm gonna send you. It's on YouTube actually that exact same day then. Oh, okay, great, great. Yeah, I would. I cannot wait. I, I want to see that for sure. That is so I awesome. I want to send it to you and say this is how many minutes it is when he walks through the door, and there's just a one-on-one scene with Dad and Chuck, and um, Chuck hits him with a gun, and Dad and not kills Dad, knocks him on the bed and stuff. So nice. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Great, great four horsemen. Fantastic choice. Uh, that is a fantastic night of four out. I, I think you would enjoy that night well. Um, and I would want to just get Chuck because I want him to get with my dad and say, hey, y'all can reunite and <laughs> hang out awesome. and talk. That is awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. Um, Cody, we've talked about a lot of loves, a lot of things, a lot of your, your enjoyments. Um, I like to get a little little under the covers here. What's your guilty pleasure? What's the thing you love that you know you should be embarrassed you love? Like for me, I love metal. I'm a big Dio fan, but I also love the hair metal. And I love me some disco, and I'm not afraid to admit it. I should be, but I'm not. What's what's the big man behind the mask? Guilty pleasure. You know, I catch myself listening to like the uh, dance music of like the 90s, like Ace of Base. Good like choice. I, I, I too love that. Okay, good choice. And like, uh, yeah, some dance music, and even like some dance music of the day. You yeah, know, you know, I love pop music. And it's like, here I am, a metalhead and a horror person. They're like, what in the hell are you listening to? And actually, there's some, like, kind of, some little bit of country I like. I, no, I, I'm, like, a, I'm a country fan. And, and I like, I like old school, I'm, like, I'm, legitimate I'm not country. A huge country fan. I'm not a big, I'm not a country fan really at all, but there's just some old type of country that really strikes me, and I, and I do love. Nice. I, like, I, I make fun, I, I get made fun of because I actually do like some of the, the current bro country which is terrible, and I should hate it, but I catch myself listening and go, uh, all right, this is not bad. I, I see why white girls get wasted to this. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Just like stuff like Rascal Flatts and stuff like that. I catch myself listening to that, and I'm like, that guy's got a great voice and stuff, and then I'm thinking, I'm, I'm just hoping nobody hears me listening. <laughs> That's a good guilty now. pleasure. That's a good guilty pleasure. <laughs> um, Cody, let's, let's, let's get real. Let's, let's bring it down for a moment. We won't end... On a, on a low note, but let's hit a low note for a moment. When you've played your last cause, you you you've you've went to your last convention. It's it's time for you to 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 hit uh, uh, the 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 final movie in your franchise. What what do you want your legacy to be? What would you like written on your tombstone? Like um, for like the final note. Just, just you, like get, the you final? get one chance to leave a legacy behind. What do you what do you want? You get that one that one little blurb to tell the world what you were about. What do you want carved on that tombstone to let the world know Cody Huskins meant this? Well, I mean, everybody knows me as the the, the horror guy, but honestly, my you know, I want to I want people to, to I want to leave behind like uh, the the health be healthy. That's great that you share your knowledge. You you talked about you doing it for yourself, but that's great that you share it as well. That's awesome. So please go ahead.
I know the uh, name. I, I know he's a bodybuilder. Again, I know the name, but but only because yeah. again, I dabble in lots of different types of pop culture. Waiter, waiter nutrition, waiter supplements and equipment. The equipment, yeah, I think, behind. is the most common knowledge most people would know. He left behind a legacy. He wanted people to live a good, healthy, long life, and that's what I encourage people to do and do whatever it takes. That that way, you can enjoy more things and pick up more hobbies. Don't just be that one dimensional person. Do other things. You know, learn how to pick up and play a guitar. Learn how to, nice. you know, play drums, or you know, learn how to, you know, do anything. You know, it's healthy, so, mind healthy too. That's. That's a great legacy to live. To leave, I think that's a wonderful message for people. So, I think that is great. Well, again, we don't want to end it on a low note. We like to we like to dip the plane a little close to the ground, but we're going to end soaring high, and 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 and, and high is right now a very important because this is this is a, a perfect fantasy because right now a lot of us are all trapped inside and the world is really scary right now. But if, yeah, it, if it wasn't scary and you had no priorities waiting. You could go anywhere you wanted to go, be where you wanted to be. Where's your happy place? Where's the place Cody Huskins goes to be Cody Huskins at his best? What's your happy place? My happy place is in the gym, really. That's no, my that's, that's a good answer, really. And uh, but other than that, if it ain't there, then it's me working on my um, working on um, my makeup and cosplay and stuff nice and i put i put in my headphones and i just go to my happy place as you say i totally get that um i do uh crafting myself whether it's for costuming or um i i haven't done it in a long time but i i play warhammer a tabletop game and so when i paint my miniatures it's the same kind of thing i can be by alone i like a book on tape that's that's my thing i put in a book on tape i'll grab myself a smoke and a beer glass of wine and man, I'm just lost. That is a wonderful, happy place. And I get the gym too. Even for somebody who does not live a healthy life, don't hate me. Um, but uh, when I I have had moments in my life when I was exercising properly and at least attempting, I, it is a good feeling and it is a good place to be. Um, my wife and I were separated for about a year. And I decided to try to get healthy and make a better person of myself. I started doing stand-up comedy. I started seeing a therapist because I hit rock bottom. I was real bad. Um, and I started doing stand-up comedy. I saw a therapist. I got some medication. And one of the things I did was join a gym. And um, I loved it. And it did me good. And all of those combined put my marriage back together. And it's the reason that I get to sleep in the bed next to my wife down the hall from my kids every night with a roof over my head versus either in a six foot shallow box or in my car because that's where I was when I started getting help and um, the gym was a great part of that uh, part of it was spite I laughingly they give you a tr trainer the first time to like you know like sucker you in and like oh would you you want the service you, I, how poor are you because um, it was a it was a, a corporate gym so you know as a, as a personal trainer you may be very different but you know the corporate gym uh, a scheme I'm talking about would you like one free session and I get there and she asked me what my goals were and I said I want to get hot I want my wife to want me again so she'll let me come home. And uh, she told me that was the best answer she had ever received. Oh, wow. 
now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the gym really did good for me. It helped me mentally, and so I, I see why that's a happy place. I see why people um, enjoy the bodybuilding and health aspect. I get it. Oh yeah, I mean that's been my thing. I mean even like you know when I have I'd go in there at three or four in the morning and go work out. I mean so, it's yeah, cathartic. My, it's my, very cathartic. Yeah, that's my sanctuary. That's my um, you know your happy place. I get me, it. Yeah, that's what made my you know identity. You know, so yeah, I mean that's one reason why I get recognized for what I do is my you know muscularity and size. Well, it's paid off, and it seems to be working, and it seems to keep you down to earth. Because I have to say, um, the last two hours has been one of the most wonderful two hours I've spent just sitting down talking with somebody. Um, And that is a great, great, great thing. Um, We don't get enough of that, man. So, Cody, thank you so very much for being on Debbie Radio, man. Please come back anytime. The door is always welcome. Um, we want to definitely share all your um, goings on with the fan film, but man, thank you for just a wonderful conversation. I, I, I love it so much, man. I hope you've had a good time hanging out with us here. I hope the fans have fallen in love with you just like I have. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me here. We've had a good time. Well, I, I do it because I love it, but um, I, I always, I like to end by, by, I'm very thankful and appreciative. I appreciate anybody who appreciates me. And so um, I tend to always remind um, myself and my audience that I'm here for you. Um, and, and it's because of people like yourself and the people listening that I have a reason to do this. Because I couldn't yeah, do it without you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I just couldn't. I'd have nobody to talk to. Because as I always like to say, um, crowd without a comic is still a crowd but a comic without a crowd is just a narcissistic asshole with a microphone <laughs> so thank you Cody Oskins uh, Cody Oskins for joining me here on Debbie Radio here on Outlander Media Network uh, I'm Lance Adams and we will catch you later <laughs>